3: The Middleman Talk Show on Blog Talk Radio. This is your boy Al, and we're live with this the crew. Yeah, this is Kevin, he just threw me off a little bit. Kevin over here, Bob. Yeah, this is hey, Nick, man to the beat. Yeah, and
1: yeah. this is Jen. here is as always.
4: Jen, I keep telling you, you should definitely go before I go. When I point to you, that means you say this, is Jen. It's ladies first.
1: Today? Today is ladies first? Thanks. I've been
4: saying that for years. You don't ever want to listen.
1: Usually you guys over talk to me and I don't get to go first. So it's really great that, you know, you guys opened the door for me once. Thanks. Oh my
2: gosh. <sighs>
4: Here we go. <laughs> I want everybody to know this is what we go through on a weekly basis.
3: <laughs> yes, we do. But I'm glad to see everybody in the building after this new year. It's two thousand and sixteen. Everybody's looking lovely, eating good. I can see.
4: Yeah man, I'm trying to get it off, man. I, you know. I'm trying to do a little something. I'm
3: still push up. I'm I'm very sexy. Well I'm happy you feel that way, G man. That's 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 your prerogative,
5: man. I'm happy you feel that I'm way. I'm just there saying, you, you say we're looking good. I'm just saying I look
3: very sexy, that's all it is. Not, good
5: not I I'm
3: not even okay. Well uh I'm that
4: with a ten foot pole. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Moving on. Moving on. Moving <laughs> on. We have um that's listening out there to uh the middle man talk show. Um we have some special guests we want to bring on as well. And hopefully, you know, some of our uh, listeners will come in and give their um, expertise on today's subject. But, uh, Nick, man, what's what's going on interesting out there in the world today that really sparks an interest? Oh, uh,
4: other than the media bias, you know, with y'all, cater <laughs>
5: <laughs>
4: going down us. Go. No. We you know, the these domestic terrorists like right, these these domestic terrorists that are being called terrorists. I don't know, you let me know. Right, you know. right now, Well, just, uh,
2: you well play we play it. To break down, the, down, we man. We play play it, it down. You,
5: yeah. I'm just saying well, I'm amazed down, at bro. the fact that nobody in mass media is talking about these dudes that has taken over a federal wildlife reserve. 150 uh, terrorists, they want to call them uh, 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 armed activists. Now, y'all, you know, everybody militia. knows how they, they're getting down on, yeah, militia, but they saying they're armed activists. That's how the media is saying But the point is, you got 150 dudes that are armed to the T, that's taken over a federal wildlife reserve building. Federal now, this ain't this ain't like going and taking over a little compound in Waco, Texas, or that. This is a federal building. Somebody got to get shot. If somebody don't get shot, I'm gonna be very
3: upset. <laughs> well, Kevin, we all well, know how yes, this is gonna it. play out. It's not this. It's not gonna happen that way. And um, if you guys had any, you know, chance to. Uh, look at the the small story on CNN, you know, of course, the storyline reads white militiamen aren't a threat like black protesters because they are not looting anything. So that's the tagline that yeah, um, I that. they're using,
1: but, but yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Are you serious? It really said that?
2: Yeah, yeah, it does. Oh, is.
1: wow. I guess they have, what's this disease that's going around? Atherosclerosis?
4: Yeah I well, the uh, Lamest like, times White privilege
1: <laughs> is,
5: it, is it true that he only He's only getting 150 days And then he's released
3: Yeah It's like four months Something like that
5: Yeah Is he gonna be in Zen Pop Or are he gonna be like In a special prison Or
2: something
4: that, They probably won't put him In uh, general population they need to. They, they probably. Because I want to see. That's a side of. I want to see how long he
5: lasts in general population. We might have a penitentiary three scene with him. Yeah, mm. that's why. They well, because he has a population.
1: medical condition, he probably will more than likely be in some kind of you know medical wing.
6: I say you leave my jail.
5: you You kill four people. You kill four people.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: You escape. The country off pro, you're on probation, you leave now. I know people that, that leave their town on probation and come back and they get arrested and have to do their turn. This dude went to Mexico, got caught by uh, uh, uh what it is, uh, um, uh, border patrol people, uh-huh. he got caught by them, and now they're saying he's only gonna do 150 days. Really, America, America.
4: Like I, I said, I say leave him I in
5: jail in
3: Mexico.
5: No, no, they bring him back here.
3: Yeah, it wouldn't mm-hmm. be justice, Nick, if they didn't bring it back here, so.
1: And he's going to be in 150 so
3: days.
1: Right. Well, a Mexican prison is going to be a whole lot rougher than the little American. That's
7: why I said to the jail
1: him there. He's go yeah, I, I would wait, you know, take my time going to pick him up. And let him experience the Mexican
2: prison over
4: there. Mm-hmm. All kind of burritos in his. I'm sorry, it's a family show. <laughs> My bad. I, so I if we're really just now tuning into
3: um, the middleman show, we're gonna go ahead and try to get it started. People, we got some people that are you know wanting to get this information today. Those other two topics will be another subject. We definitely need to talk right. about those. Um, but if you're on the uh, chat board, if you want to call in and place your comment, you definitely will dial six, 646-564-9698. Press the number one to uh, alert us that you would like to get in the host queue to express your comment. But uh, today we're going to talk about um,
6: starting your own business.
3: And our um, co-host Nikki, e, he came up with the idea of um, 10 low cost businesses that you can start for the year of 2016 and so a lot of people have expressed interest in wanting to start entrepreneurship you know to maybe start working for yourself get some financial freedom or to just take that leap of faith that you know you always wanted to do so hopefully we could uh, come together today and express these ideas And also, here's some of the other ideas from our callers and listeners of what they may have done to start their own business and became successful or on their way to success. So, um, Nick, do you want to um, be a little bit more descriptive on it? Okay, yeah, definitely. Well, okay, the show
4: first came to me. First off, I definitely have to give a big shout out to um, a fellow entrepreneur and entrepreneur coach by the name of Jay Jones over at BlackEntrepreneurBlueprint.com who was actually the inspiration for this show. Uh, Jay runs a podcast, and he does a wonderful job of, you know, empowering people and coaching them on how to start their own business. So I want to give him a big shout-out. But um, I think and there are plenty of articles and different things like that 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 lead people to different types of jobs that they can Mm -hmm. start. Unfortunately, a lot of jobs get lost in the shuffle. And I think there are a lot of things out there that, especially in our culture, We can take advantage of if we just knew that they were out there. So I identified 10 opportunities that I thought would be absolutely perfect. They are low cost. Now, here is the deal. Most people don't go into business for themselves because of three things. The first thing is fear. Now, I can't do anything about your fear. You've got to take that leap of faith. And there's a quote that I was reading that kind of sums up perfectly how I feel about it and perfectly how, you know, most people feel when they do go into business for themselves. And that Mm -hmm. quote is, and it's anonymous, but change only occurs when the pain of staying the same outweighs the pain of change. Let me say that again. Grab your pen. Let me say that again. Change only occurs When the pain of staying the same outweighs the pain of change. So that's something to think Mm -hmm. about. Are you tired enough yet? Are you sick of your job? Are you sick of your same financial position yet? Or are you kind of being curdled by that check when it comes in? Right. So that first step that people have to get over is fear. The second step is finances. Most people think that they don't have the money to start their own business. They, you know they see these businesses and they say, oh man, it costs way too much money to start that. We're gonna we're gonna take that away today. We're gonna take that away today. And then the final thing is experience. People don't think that they have experience in these fields. Which here's the reality of it. The reality is most businesses that people start do not require a lot of extensive experience. It does require some. It does require some hustle. Uh, And and that's just one thing I got to tell everybody here, because I don't like to blow smoke. I'm not one of those guys that say, hey, everybody is going to be a millionaire going into business for themselves. Let me tell you something. You got to have some hustle, because there's nobody telling you that you got to clock in and work. You got to get up and you got to do it. You know, nobody's going to stay over your shoulder when you're, you know, owning your own business. You have to do it. So it requires a hustle. But um, we're going to go ahead and get into the first business which is uh, one that I see almost on a daily basis. And most of you guys actually see it on a daily basis. You just may not know it. The first business that you can start on your own is a brand ambassador. There are several types of brand ambassadors. So if you've ever been at a, you know, at a festival, at a park, you know, you're walking around and you see some people and they're telling you, Hey, come on over here and try this. They give you something to sample. Or they give you something to, you know, you, you know here, take this gift and sign up for this. That's a brand ambassador. A brand ambassador is a person that takes a product, a brand, and helps to introduce it to the public. Now, mm-hmm. most people will probably think that brand ambassadors are, you know, employees of a company. That's not the case. They're all independent contractors. I, well, I would venture to say 92% of brand ambassadors are independent contractors. There are some that do ongoing promotions, but for the most part... They are working on their own now. This mm-hmm. is a very, very low cost business to get into. The first thing you're gonna need is a phone with internet and or a computer with internet, which I'm I'm, I'm pretty much guessing if you're especially if you're listening to this show right now, you have that. So I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna guess that you have that. The second thing that you're gonna need is reliable transportation. Right now. There are a lot of different ways to get into it. People post ads all the time. I say a great resource for that is Craigslist. Even though there's some crazy stuff on Craigslist, once you kind of weed out through the crazy things, you can find where they're hiring. You know, And the key to it, and we're actually going to do a show a little later in the year where I'm going to bring some brand ambassadors in and tell you how they do their process. The key to it is you get booked constantly. Keep yourself booked. You know, you reach out to the different companies, whether it's the brand directly or it's the, the the brand for, you know, a marketing agency. And you set up a profile with them. It's a very simple process. Make sure you keep, mm-hmm. you know, some good, clean pictures of yourself. Send it to them. When they have work that comes along, they'll shoot you out an email. Hey, this is coming along. And it's very profitable. The average right. brand ambassador in a day makes between $160 to $250 per day. So it can be very, very profitable, and this is a business where you do not have to have any overhead other than reliable transportation and internet access. Mm-hmm. So that's business number one. All right, our second business, a concierge service. I don't know why, but every time I see this, I always think of Al. I feel like Al could like do this like in his sleep. <laughs> 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 well, okay. So for those who are not familiar with what a concierge is. A concierge is someone or or an entity that helps things with you. You know, let's say you're you know, we all work crazy hours and you need to have your dry cleaning picked up or you need to have an appointment set you need to book flights, you need to do this there are actually services out there that do these things for you. A lot mm-hmm. of business people, they don't have time to do these types of things and it's actually right. cheaper for them to employ a concierge service rather than hire an assistant or hire another secretary or whatever the case may be it's a very simple business style the first thing you're going to need is you're going to need some business cards and some flyers this is where that hustle Uh comes in because you're going to need to go and you can knock on some doors talk to some business people hey I have a concierge service you know I'm Let me set your appointments for you. Let me get your dry cleaning. Let me do these things for you. Let me organize this event for you. Just everything that a concierge can do. Let me make your life easier, which is what a concierge service really does. You get out there. You get those business cards out. You get those flyers out. You have to let the people know that you're there. You stay in their face constantly. And you will eventually start getting those calls and you set those appointments for them. You get that dry cleaning for them. And it's a very pretty penny that you can make off of that. There are concierge services that usually per client, they'll probably range about 30000 per year off of each client. Now, when you can consider that a lot of them have upwards of 15, 20 clients, that's a lot of money. Yeah. League. A lot of money for you.
5: Nick, I have, uh-huh. a, I have a question about the concierge. We do um, have a guest on the line, too. And, uh... To also all of our listeners out there tonight, if you have a small business and you want to plug it tonight, we want you to do that. Make sure you have your information and everything ready. Um, Make sure you call in, like Al said, 646-564-9698, and press that number one to let us know that we're going to bring you in the conversation. Uh, But with a concierge service, would, would it be best for someone in a small city, small city, attempt that or should they be in a larger city where they can you know procure the, the right type of clientele because you know I know in 2016 everybody's about making money I understand everybody want to mm-hmm. get that bread uh, but would that be a wise business choice even though it's a low cost on a startup but is that a wise business to start would you recommend being in a larger city or a smaller city
4: I'm um, uh, okay there's two parts to that answer I'm glad you um, two parts to that question Glad you asked that. The first thing is you can do this from anywhere. A concierge is not the person that's always in your face. Most of the work of a concierge service is done via the phone or via the internet. Mm, okay. So you could very well be in, let's use my hometown for example, Gulfport, Mississippi. And you have clients in Houston, Texas. You have clients in New Orleans, Louisiana. You have clients in New York. Because there are certain tasks that you may have to be there for, but there are also certain tasks that you can do from afar. Now, the second thing with that is you guys have to realize that, and I say this all the time, there's wealth in every city. Every city, there's wealth. There's Uh big business in every city. Let me tell you something. If you go down the street and you see a McDonald's, guess what? There's a corporation that owns that and probably owns more than that one. There's wealth everywhere. It's really, and that goes into the hustle. You got to research. You have to find, you know, who is the, the mover and shaker there? Who is a, you know, who is the, the upward executive there? Mm. I would tell people in heartbeat, go downtown. Let's say you're going to start your own concierge service. I'm going to go downtown to my city and I'm going to start writing down the names of all the businesses that are in these high rises in these tall buildings and then I'm going to start researching them. Right. That's a client that's a potential client list right there. So I do agree with you, Kev, that, you know, obviously the more access you have in a, to to a larger clientele, especially in a larger city, the more money that you can make. But that's mm-hmm. also something that you can scale because if you start in a small city and you do such a big uh-huh. up job here, then you can have that service going while you're expanding to the next larger city.
5: Right? Hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Who who would be who would be ones like who would be the clientele that you would look for? I know you say go downtown, look for the businesses that are in that area. But who are the clientele one would look for to start a concierge Because just to break it down to people, it's it's basically a, a paid gopher. Um, you go for this, you go for that. You know, that's basically what it is in exactly. layman's term. But who would and on top of that, what type of presentation would one need to have to be able to start this type of business? Because I mean, yeah, it's low cost. We're talking low cost tonight. I don't want to walk up in my sneakers and, and my, my, you know, my T-shirt and my jeans and saying, hey, I'm a concierge service Would you want my business. What about presentation? I know that's one thing we definitely need
4: to cover tonight as far as presentation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, now, in terms of clients, the different types of clients that you would look for, let's take a small city. You know, we uh, obviously in somewhere like in Atlanta, or Chicago, New York, you know, we can kind of run the gamut. Oh, big time execs. Oh, that's that makes perfect sense. Uh, but let's use a smaller city for an example. Doctors be a perfect concierge service, especially those mm. with a private practice. Especially those with a private practice. One, doctors work odd hours, inconvenient hours to them, and a lot of the things that they can do or should be able to do on their own because of the nature of their work they cannot do. Attorneys. Mm. Attorneys are the same way. Attorneys work very long hours. They have client meetings. They have court, and a lot of times they don't have time to do the basic things that they need to do. So there are doctors and lawyers in every city.
1: There, right.
4: That's another one. You know. So those those are just a, those are just a couple of them. Politicians. There are politicians in every city, and they surely need it. You know, even though they're not that busy, it's just good for image purposes. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. But uh so that that's a good four that I would say that you could start with. And I I tell people the same thing. Research each business. You know, I appreciate everyone who's listening in to us today and taking heed to what we're saying about starting your business. But I tell you the, the best thing that you can do for yourself is research for yourself. Research your area. Try to build out a potential client list. And that's just as simple as getting a phone book. Those do still yep. exist. Well, let's take a quick in terms break of
5: presen- from, from the conversation. Oh, I'm sorry. Now, I was going to say, I know, I know you want to get back with the uh, presentation, but before we get too far in that, I, I know we have a small business owner on the line. Al, I want you to go ahead and introduce our next guest
3: right here. Next, we have uh, coming up, we have uh, my, uh, my my good friend of mine, his name is uh, Mace Neal, I'm out of Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Mace has a uh, a bow tie and tie. A company that he started and um, I met him a couple years back and I was really intrigued with uh, a lot of his work and his designs because his designs did not look like what you would see in stores so um, and and I think just recently um, he expanded by doing uh, football uniforms but I wanted him to come in and express how he has been able to get his business started you know where how did he come up with the idea? Things like that. So we're going to go ahead and bring in Mace Neal from Nashville, Tennessee. When's the neckwear.
7: Good evening. Good evening, fellas. How you guys doing? Good. good. How, you doing? How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, first of all, I want to say you know, thank you guys for having me on uh, tonight. Having you reach out to me today, and I made it a point to make sure I had so that was to, be the day, to sit down and talk to you. I so appreciate it. I so no appreciate it. <laughs> No problem, so um I guess I, I guess you i'm I'm telling you guys about uh wasn't and how I got started um right the uh we started uh back about eight years ago, um a business partner of mine we at both in outside sales, so we were dressing up you know every day and wearing neck ties and being in outside sales and you know July and August is the hottest month, you still have to wear ties, so we was sweating ties out, you know, constantly left and right. So, we um, went to one of the local uh, men's store here, and uh, we really didn't see what we wanted. Um, it was just, you know, we wanted to have a certain look, um, but we didn't want it to look like everybody else. So, the store we went into, they had like 100 ties of the same design, just lined up behind stuff. So, we knew that was something that we didn't want. So, at that time, my business partner and I, we just kind of like looked at each other at the same time and said, hey, let's start, let's start the next type of line. And from there, you know, it was on. Um, we took an uh, eight dollars investment, uh, bought a business plan. Uh, I'm sorry, bought a, um, a business license, a quick sew pattern, and we literally taught ourselves how to how to sew. Um, so for like the first uh, year and a half, we made handmade neckties and bow ties and ascots, as well as pocket square, um, mm-hmm. pre-folded pocket square. So at the time, it was... Um, that was just in style was a pre-folded pocket square. So we connected with a local uh, retailer. Uh, we had a friend there who was, uh, was a sales rep, and we was putting them in his hand uh, so he could sell for us so that we could get enough money up for our first for our first order, which was our capital. Maze. So um, Mace, yes. Maze.
5: this is Kevin yes. with the middle man. Not to interrupt you, but you said that you went with a local vendor, a local um, vendor in your area.
2: How did you guys procure
5: that? I mean, a retail store. How, how did you guys go about finding out? I mean, did you just walk in or did you do some research on the company? What did you guys do to to get that situation
7: um, where they well, can,
5: you know, where you can get your product in the store?
7: store. Right. Well, I, I, our situation was a little different. Uh, we, we knew the manager at this particular store that was here in Nashville. And we actually knew two of the sales reps that were in there. So it was kind of already in our circle. And they knew exactly you know, what we were doing, what we were trying to do. So um, I went to we went to the manager and just kind of asked him, you know, what was the process? And he was like, well, as long as it's um, not coming over cash register, he don't care what we do in the store. So the sales rep put together a nice little display for the sales reps And they were able to sell it in the store without it being cashed out through the actual retail store. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a it was a nationally changed store. So it was just kind of, you know, using um the connections that we had to to allow our product to get in those stores. Okay. So it. was it was
5: okay. it I mean, did you have fear? Did you have like I know uh Nick was speaking upon that. A lot of people don't start businesses because of fear. Did you guys have fear and failure or, or anything of that nature when you started?
7: Oh, oh yeah yeah we 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 definitely had fear um the good thing is we 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 did our research um behind businesses and you know different kind of type of startup businesses and different kind of fashion businesses, and the thing that we we did not want was to have you know investors and you know just everybody dipping in our pot when we got started, so that's why we only initiated uh invested initial eighty dollars. That's the only dollar out of my pocket that I've ever put into the business.
2: Right. Yeah. Now
7: um that is not thing that you know, people want, they want to see the business grow, you know, in twelve months and twenty four months, where realistically it doesn't really take it, it takes longer than that, regardless if you had investors or you had you know money coming from, you know, every which way, it still takes long for your business to get to the level that you want for it to be successful. <laughs> Right. So, you no know, business question. is going to be successful overnight, regardless of how much income or how much money you're putting into it. So we started with eighty dollars. Um, the Thing that we wanted was, okay, Hi. if we can buy some fabric from a local, um, a local store, a fabric store, and we can make the product ourselves and offer our clientele a unique product, then we know we have something. So that's what we, we did. No one in the city was doing. Pre-folded pocket squares. You had to go online and order those and have them sent in. Well, Nashville, it, it's um it's kind of slow to some some fashions, but a pocket square thing, you know, that's something that's popular here. So people mm-hmm. were were wanting you know different color pre-folded pocket squares at that particular time, and we was able to offer them that. So right, we took up and connected with the local store um, in the Hunter Oaks area. And then we hooked up shortly after that at a store in the Madison area, which is the outskirts of Nashville. And that's what helped us get our capital. So our first initial order for neckties, um, which we were also wanted to design our own. So that was one of the things that we had to teach ourselves was the sourcing part of it, design part of it. We had to learn about the texture, the different picks, everything that goes into making a tie from the inside to the out, we had to learn. So, um, we, we designed our own neckties. Uh, my business partner, he's, he's, he's an expert with Photoshop. So we designed in Photoshop, And we sent over um, our first initial order that we did was five ties to our manufacturer that we found. So the manufacturer had five ties to design and, and make for us and ship it back to us. He shipped back three other designs out of the five that we paid for. Out of those three, two of the colors was wrong on those three. So, but... You know business is about you know hustling you know finding a way out of no way you know we had product in our hand we just i mean that was cash that we had saved up worked hard for a year and a half two years for it, so we had to sell it but what we knew we had our big break is we sold those three orders of ties that we had which was about um 300 pieces we sold out mm-hmm. in two weeks that's without any cool. website so
3: so let me ask you this, after after you guys did that, what was the like the goal after that? Like how did y'all expand to where you are now?
7: Well, we we, we do uh we get a lot of studying um of the market. Um the one thing about fashion is fashion it comes to the United States very late. So we were studying the, the the industry over in Europe, over in Italy, things over there because they get the fashion styles way before the United States did it. So uh, we found some chat rooms to get into, some blogs, um, uh, you know, just other media outlets that were not in the United States to figure out and read. Um, that's how we we grew the Winsor Network business um, to where it is from, you know, shoes, lapel pins, um, shoelaces, neckties, mm-hmm. bow ties. You know, we still offer the custom stuff. Now here over the last okay. year and a half, um, we had someone who patronized our business on the women's side said, "Hey, are y'all able to make uniforms?" I mean, you know, being a, the, the the business guys that we work, were, we weren't going to say no unless we wasn't able to do it because we were already succeeded at you know building the and neckwear brand over the last six years to where it is today. So we figured out how to do uniforms, and we have Evolution Team Apparel that provides uniforms right. for. I mean, we did. Uh, I mean, we did over thirty, forty teams this first football season. Um, oh, that's year. great! That's great! Uh, that's
3: great! We we got we got another question uh, from one of our co-hosts, James. Um, James, you want to go ahead and ask your question for Mason?
1: Yes. Um, now, as, as far as investors go, did you meet challenges finding investors and keeping your investors? Uh, what's the process that you go through for
7: that? Well, that is a great question. We actually don't have any investors. Um
1: We own all
7: of our companies 100%. Um, we've had several um, celebrities that reached out to us that want to invest in our company, but what they were trying to give us, we didn't need. Um, for, for instance, Donnelly Wilkins um, out of you know, Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Hall of Fame basketball player, a good friend of ours. He initially saw us online and wanted to invest in the company, but we told him no. We didn't need any investors because we were able to do what he could do for us on our own. You know right. Like, right? he he's not gonna have any direct hands-on. And the issue comes is I don't need the money. I need the direct hands-on. To help move the business forward If you're not going to do that And you're just going to sit back I'm going to still do the marketing I'm going to still pay for the marketing The advertising Making all the regular connections That I would make anyway I don't need your Several thousand dollars You're to offer me Okay what? At the end of the day Well maybe The business owner We get paid last So I would People be the first person Paid out or Any investor would be the first person Paid out On You know On the total sales Right. Well, Mace
3: can you give um, the people like your web address and your um, Instagram information where they can
7: come and look you up? Yeah, we'll do. Um, on, for Windsor Neckware, you can follow us online at um, Windsor Nickwear dot com. That's W I N D S O R N E C K W E A R dot com. On Instagram is um, at Windsor uh dot uh, at at Windsor Neckware Um, for Evolution Team Apparel um you can follow us online at evolutionteamapparel.com, uh, Instagram, evolutionteamapparel.
3: Well, Mace, I shall appreciate you uh, calling in and giving, you know, our listeners some insight about, yeah. you know, your business and your venture that you were able to uh, capitalize on. Um, if you have any other comments, hey, don't hesitate to press one to get back in the host queue. Uh, we definitely want you to continue to listen to the show. You may have some other advice out there for um, our listeners that uh, we may cover in the show that you can uh, chime in on. All right,
7: no problem. I thank you guys for having me.
3: Most definitely. Thank All right, you. Thanks a lot, man. You right. got some nice looking stuff,
4: man. I'm over here looking at it right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the website now. I'm like, yeah, I can, I can see a few of these now. I like my tags. Little, well, I missed the the New Year's deal, so I think I don't it's okay. No, no, nah, okay.
5: nah, we Sorry. we we can talk to air. We should get that uh yeah.
7: Air. Yeah. Hook that
3: up. Air what? Let's hook that up.
7: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
7: All right guys. Let's go right, back into too. the
4: list. Um, our number three low cost business that you can start in twenty sixteen and do not laugh at me is a valet trash service. Let me say that again. I love it. A valet trash service.
1: How many mm-hmm. times,
4: for those of us who are in apartments, how many times have you been in your apartment? You live in the back of the complex. Right. You gotta take the trash all the way up to way the Way front, back to the dump. All the way to the back. If you, if you live like my complex, my complex is on a bunch of hills and I gotta walk down and up and I don't know, I'm just you know, it would be so convenient if I could just put my trash outside my door on a certain day. Somebody comes and pick it up. I'd gladly pay per week for that service. Mm. It hey, is a valley trash service. Hey,
5: hey I'm, I'm going to tell everybody, all our listeners out there, man, this blew my mind when Nick brought this one up to me. Because, you, you man, look at the, the cost that it would cost you to start this company. You can get some Fabuloso and some Dawn. As long as you got a truck with a power washer, uh, you know. Cause I mean, the other part of it, Nick. didn't I, I guess I'm jumping the gun, Nick. But
2: if you roll different.
5: around. Okay, okay. It's okay if I do this. Cause I I just love this one, man. Nick Nick basically told me if you had a truck, a power washer, and Fabuloso and some Dawn, you can travel around the city behind the trucks, get you a flyer, go and introduce yourself to people. You know. Hey, I know. I know me personally. When I put my trash can out in front of my house and they dump it, I don't feel like touching that thing again. Imagine if I was able to mm-hmm. ride up on you on that curb. Hey, sir, ma'am, I will clean that out for you for X amount of dollars. Yep. Now, if you look at the cost of me filling up a fifty-gallon tank, fabuloso, and don't. Look at the profit margin in this particular company. I don't care if somebody laughs about that ale; they smoking something hard
7: right
5: like rocks
2: this is true because so. the
5: profit margin I mean if you get over a couple of hundred clients in your city oh my god this could be some part time you can make a nice little piece of change off of that's this right thing. Go ahead, Nick. And look at the this,
1: people I who have homeowners associations. If you had a homeowner like if you have a homeowner association, you can't and you were to go on vacation, you couldn't leave your trash out because you have to bring the trash can back um that is not mm-hmm. visible and the hook up with homeowner associations and neighborhoods. Um and to get that done it might be cheaper than the, the trash service that already comes for people and that's something that people really might be willing to do. So that's that's a really good idea.
4: Yeah. So there are two tiers to this, right? The first tier, and this is how, this is why your client base can be so expansive. The first tier is apartment complexes. So for those who live in apartment complexes, you can just leave your trash out there. Your valet trash person will come pick up your trash, take it to the dumpster. You can set your own route for it. Look, I'll be here every Tuesday and Thursday between the hours of this and this. Or I'll be here Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday. Whatever the case may be, you set your schedule on that and you can just go from there. The second tier, as Kevin was talking about, was homes because he's right. When I put my trash out and this in that trash can, after a while, man, that thing get dirty, it get nasty. It's, it You just really don't want You can get a power washer for 50 bucks at Walmart easily. Go in there, you clean mm-hmm. that thing out, slap a sticker on it, take it right back up to them, their trash is done that they're good to go. Just like Jen was saying, you have, and there are infin- infinite possibilities for it. Homeowners associations. You can either go in apartment complexes, you can go individually to the apartment uh, residence, or you could solicit the complex where they can just build the cost of it into the rent. mm so they're not paying anything. They're just passing the cost right on down to the residents.
7: And it's just right. an added
4: service, which helps bring up the value of the apartment complex, because now they can say, mm-hmm. we offer valet trash. Mm-hmm. Well, Nick,
3: Those Nick, 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 I got a question. Um, okay. With this particular services, how much would one make off this per visit or a week or a month? Okay. Well,
4: somebody, I don't have a pen. Somebody grab a pen for me. Let's do the math on this.
3: Let's okay. say that you do,
4: let's, let let's, let's say you take away the, the homes right now. you not power washing trash. Let's say you just do, um, apartment complex. Apartment. Right. Okay. All you're doing is and what you probably will need. You'll either need a cart, some form of push cart or a small truck. Each apartment complex, you charge them 10 bucks a week. Well, each apartment, I apologize. Each apartment, each apartment. resident, you charge them 10 bucks a week. You make three trips to their door, grab their trash, mm-hmm. take it down. You're talking about maybe an hour worth of work. Or if you're going by that individual apartment, about five minutes, five to ten minutes worth of work per unit. And you mm-hmm. charge them $10 a week times 52 weeks. And that's just off one apartment. So what okay. do we have there? That's okay. what, $5,200? $5, $5,200. $5,200 per apartment. $5,200. Let's think about that. Man. And for them, it's convenient. Yeah, I'll pay $10 yep. for you. To- yeah, yeah. please. Absolutely. And when you can consider that most apartment complexes have between 300 and
2: 500 units.
4: Right. Come on. Money starts to look a little good. No, it's not glorious. And the Ooh. one thing I want everybody to understand, the one thing I oh want everybody to understand about entrepreneurship in general, every business is not you sitting in a three-piece suit and your high-rise looking over your employees of about three or five hundred people. That's not right. what every business is. That's not even what every business is supposed to be. What makes a business successful? Are you turning a profit? That's what makes a business successful. Mm-hmm. Now, this Thank is something that you can do on a part-time time basis. Though. Right. Or a full-time basis. Start with the apartment. As you build up your money, go ahead and get you another truck. Get that power washer and start doing the homes. I'm telling you, the possibilities are endless. Everybody has trash and no one wants to touch it. And if you remember that, you can make Valley Trash Service a wonderful business for yourself. Let's go to the I next one. I love that one, man. I love it. So our next one is a driving instructor. Now, this one requires a certification, which you can actually check through your local Department of Motor Vehicles. But um, you basically will be looking for your driver's ed certification. And what you're doing is we've all seen it. You've seen the cars that say student driver or, you know, you see the magnets on top of the cars, whatever the case may be. For those out there who are good drivers, good, clean record, you got a nice, reliable car, you can start a driving instruction service. This is a business that every city needs.
1: And as long
4: as people are having children, you will always have a client base. As long as people are moving into the country, you will always have a client base.
7: Right.
4: There are several ways to maximize on it. Um, I have a a buddy of mine. He has a CDL. He's going to start offering CDL courses. Hmm. That's That's another big area because truck driving is a big thing right now. Defensive and DUI driving courses for the people who have to take classes because they got drunk one night outside of the club, they got an the accident or got a ticket. There's an infinite amount of clientele you know, within that. One one thing that I was
5: wondering about with the driving instructors, I know you have different venues and different areas to, to go into that, to venture into that particular type business. But what type of, did, did they even give a list of the, the type of insurances that you have? Because we, you know, look at the pros of it. When I look at the cons of it, is the insurance that, you know, liability or the the full coverage I may have to have because of the job. You're going to absolutely have to have full vehicle. coverage.
4: You're going to have to have two forms of insurance with that. You're going to have to have the full insurance on your vehicle. And you're also going to have to have business insurance that covers you in the incident, in, the, in, the, in case there's an accident while you're instructing. Mm-hmm. So it covers you personally with your vehicle, and it covers your business. Mm, Okay. Now, the great thing about it is because schools have been cutting budgets so much, things like driver's air programs have been getting cut.
5: What a lot of
4: companies have started doing is they started contracting with the schools to have the school play host to their business. And it's a Hmm. very—it's—it's not a difficult process. It's not a difficult process at all. So, driving instructor—that's that's that's, that's one that's out there. Actually, know. I know quite a few uh, people that are very successful at that. Uh, Number five: group travel. I know everybody looked at me a little crazy when I said that. How many times have you seen an (laughs) advertisement for? Hey, we're going to to the Mississippi Gulf Coast to go to the casino for the weekend or we're going to, you know, Harris in North Carolina. That's group travel. Buses that take a group of people down, they go out, they may go overnight sometimes. Sometimes they don't. They may gamble a little bit. They may go and take a trip from Atlanta to New Orleans for Mardi Gras. All of that is group travel. Very, very, very easy business to start, but it takes some hustle. The first
5: thing you Mm -hmm. need is
4: you're going to need some flyers because you have to advertise what type of group travel you're doing. Now, I know companies that strictly do casino travel. They do casino trips three or four times a month. It takes about a day out of your time over the weekend. Each seat, there are about 60 seats on there. They charge between $50 to $100 per seat. The best thing about the casino travel is the casino will actually pay you for bringing people to the casino. Man, you better stop!
2: Absolutely, I didn't know that.
4: Look at just—you set up. A, it's a very simple process. You set up as a vendor, and let's say that I go down. I take Al has a trip going to the Beau Rivage and Biloxi. I go down there mm-hmm. and I spend about three hundred dollars, which is pretty average. I spend about three hundred dollars at the slot machine for every time every three hundred dollars that I spend down there. The casino is going to pay Al twenty five dollars. And they're wow. gonna get some free lunch. I'm gonna Probably get free a room lunch because I'm gonna it overnight, here. right? Say that again.
5: Probably a room if he if he needed to stay like you stayed. Now you do that day trip, you go that day and come back that next day.
7: Yeah, well you know, see most of those trips are,
4: most of those casino trips are day trips. They do have options for vendors when you do it overnight. But some of those of course with the rooms you have to pay a little bit. Yeah, yeah. but okay. Different casinos have different um ways of doing that. I'll tell you another avenue that a lot of people probably already have an end with and they just don't realize it. High school trips. What inspired hmm. me to put this on what inspired me to put this on the list, my old band director from high school, he retired as the director of bands maybe six or seven years ago. So he's sitting at home, enjoying his retirement. And then what happens when a lot of people when they retire and they still got a lot of energy? He got a little bored. So he and his wife decided to come up with a travel company. And basically, he just went right back to all of his connections over years and years of working in the school system and said, hey, look, let me book your band trips when you go to the Disney World and when you go for the people that go and perform all these parades and they go to perform for the president. And he started off with one school district. Now he books travel for all the school districts on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, not just the band's. But now, the team, the football team, the basketball team, and so on and so on. Every year, they're going to be traveling different places throughout the year. And as the booking agent, he's making a percentage off of that. He sets it up, Right. he executes it, and he makes a percentage off of it. He actually makes more money now, since he's been retired, than he did in the 30 years he was going for public school system.
7: Wow. The,
3: the best thing and they about group travel is... Go ahead. I, I, I mean these are businesses that, you know, I would have never thought about. Um and to me these are simple tasks as well. They're
2: well.
3: <laughs> very simple tasks. they very simple. Hey, man. In
2: group
4: and in, in group travel is it's so easy. You just gotta have some hustle. I have to I have to reiterate that. You've got right. to have some hustle. We about to take care of?
5: know, I'll just appreciate everybody that's listening um, in tonight and over on the web chat. Shouts out to our man, homeboy.
4: Homeboy. Talk to him in a minute. What's going on, man? So, our number six, and this is one that probably one out of every three persons has worked and never thought of going into business for themselves. Telemarketing.
5: Oh, let's hate, let's, let's see them them what them? they got to say about that one. Tell them, Ooh, about yeah, them. man, they, yeah, those people right there, man. Yeah, explain that. They get on my nerve, man, for real. They get you on your nerve. Just, your right. just yeah. yeah. How much? Right. How much how right. does it cost? What is the low cost to start a telemarketing company so I can bother somebody?
4: Okay, absolute low cost. Let's say it's just you by yourself, and you're not employing a group of people, free. All you're going to really need is a computer with a decent internet speed. Kevin, that might exclude you. Oh, jokes. (laughs) Jokes. (laughs) Jokes. (laughs) That that might exclude you. See, here's the thing. When you go and work for somebody's telemarketing company, they're probably going to pay you minimum wage. They're probably going to pay you You know, cents on the dollar for every survey or newspaper subscription or whatever that you pull in. What they don't tell you is there are companies out there who offer these campaigns to individuals or small groups. And they will pay them where, let's say you did a a subscription. Let's say the NRA. (laughs) And I say that because I actually did that campaign as a telemarketer. The NRA. So let's say I got somebody to sign up for their, re-sign for their NRA subscription. I got a whopping commission of 20 cents. Whopping commission, plus my hourly. Now, with the NRA, what are they going to offer the campaign, the person who's over the campaign for getting that subscription? $25. Mm -hmm. So they're paying you pennies even though they're taking the bulk of it. But when you look on the other side and what they're actually paying the companies directly, it's very profitable. And it's as simple as a Google search telemarketing campaigns. It's it's really that simple. And you can find so many different campaigns. And if it's something that you were doing already, and the reason that I say that it's good for us is because, let's be honest, a lot of us have done telemarketing jobs in the past. Right, and we might have been okay with them. We didn't necessarily hate them, but what do we hate about it? The low cost that we brought in. You could be making so much more money and doing it for yourself. Now, the second part of that. The second part of that is collection agency. Oh yeah, that's the second part because if you're used to making those cold calls already, that's one of the easiest businesses to bring in clients. Because all they know is, hey, you're going to come in, you say you're going to collect this money for me, cool. If you collect it, I'll give you 30 to 40% of the buy. Okay, fine. Mm. Now, they might not be paying you hourly, but if you collect on a debt that's $15,000, what's the 30% on that? For doing a couple hours worth of work.
5: Yeah. So I mean, this is, it's worth it because, is, yeah, you get enough people that owe money, man. You're going to get out of that. What's the percentage? if you? How many customers would it take for you to collect on and get a nice profit off of that? I know one is a profit, really? but worth your time. Are we talking about on the
4: telemarketing side or the collection side? The collection side. On the collection side, that's really up to you. You can actually kind of pick and choose whether you want to go for the bigger ones, whether you want to go for the smaller ones. You know, it, it's it's really it's really kind of up to you. That takes a little bit of research. That takes a little bit of research. You know, but I mean, when you can consider if you put in eight hours a day on an average work day, and you collect even you know ten small accounts that are fifteen hundred each. Your standard is gonna be about twenty five percent of the collection. I and mean, reaching out up. to
1: people and reaching out to people like small car lots and small businesses and, and people like like local car lots and stuff, that might be something great. I know you talked about before what's great for people in a small town versus big towns, like you know, people that have like local businesses, car lots or people that collect money or repo things might be a great avenue to, to research collecting or, or soliciting them to become their collecting agent.
4: Absolutely. I'll give, right. you, I'll give you another one. Jen, I'll give you another one. Hospitals. How many people have mounting hospital bills? It'll be cheaper for them to use a collection agency as opposed to their own billing
3: department.
2: There's
4: yeah, a hospital true. in every city.
3: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people have already started doing that anyway. Oh, yeah. The thing is, people are
4: realizing now it's much cheaper to outsource it than it is to, you know, hire somebody full-time. It's just easier to, uh-huh. it's just easier to do it. I, I, I have to, right. you know, say that for myself. You know, my company, Blueprints and Finesse that my wife and I run, we have 34 employees. Every last one of them are contractors. <laughs> when I need them, I use them. When I don't, I won't. Right. It just it, it makes more sense for the bottom line. It makes much more sense for the bottom line. So to kind of catch everybody up where we are right now, we're talking about 10 low-cost businesses that you can start in 2016. Number one was brand ambassador. Number two, concierge service. Number three, valet trash service. Number four, driving instructor. Number five, group travel. And number six, telemarketer. Number seven, and I'm so glad that Mace came in and talked a little bit about his business because it comes right in line with it, online store slash e-commerce. Everyone right now, if you have not ordered from Amazon or eBay or Etsy, you've at least gone there and you've looked. Shopping has changed so much In the last few years. We're not always necessarily going out and spending all those times at Walmart and the mall and everything. We're going online for a lot of the stuff that we're buying. It's a great business. E-commerce is a wonderful business to capitalize on. Maybe you make jewelry. Or maybe you, you know, do photography and you have, you know, abstract photos that you're selling. Maybe you, you know, maybe you have a a, a reseller where you are... um, Selling clothes, gently used clothes, and use kind of refurbish it. Anything that you can think of to sell, you can create an online store for it. Now, I'll give you a good example of this. A buddy of mine actually has a retro gaming service. Oh, retro game? That is dope. Now, that is dope. What he?
2: Yeah. What he does
4: is. He'll go around, because he's also a minister, so when he goes around to the various ministry conferences and different things like that, he'll go to the local thrift store, the local pawn shop, look for old Nintendo games, old Sega Genesis, PlayStation games, make sure they're in good condition. He buys them for cheap, throws them on his website. Uh, I remember I saw one buy he did where I know for a fact that he went and bought, it was a five-game bundle that he got at a thrift store for $5, five Game Boy games. He sold them online for twenty five dollars plus shipping and handling. That's a twenty dollar profit off of a yeah. thrift store. You know. The, you know so, I mean, the, the- of- Go ahead. I-, I was
5: gonna say a, lo- a lot of the a lot of the low cost businesses that we're talking about tonight, man. It a lot of they don't cost a lot of money, and a lot of it, you know, like with the gentleman with the video games, he probably was a gamer. A long time ago, and a lot of people are looking for vintage
4: games now.
3: Right, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Kev is big
4: business. It's, it's 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 huge business. I'll tell you another business. Um, and I'm actually part of one of these groups on Facebook where they trade wrestling belts and boxing belts. So all the old, you know, championship belts from the WWF and WCW, and you know, and all those belts. Man, I've seen belts, and they go in and refurbish the belts. They re-leather them. I've seen belts go as high as $6,000.
2: Wow.
4: Because you cannot ignore... There are collectors out there. And when they find something they think is a good deal, they're going to jump on it. So, now what I will say with that is you just can't have any old rinky-dink website. But what you can do is most website services like GoDaddy, iPage, you know, they offer templates... And they have e-commerce templates to where you can set up your own store. This is not a hard sale to do. It's really not a hard sale to do. You can use PayPal as your online merchant. PayPal is easy to use. I think all four of us on the line right now use PayPal. And yeah. Yeah. the most trusted online merchant that's out right now. It's a very simple process. Once again, it takes some hustle. Once you realize what it is that you want to sell, and if you don't want to sell it on your own website, you can set up a store on Etsy.com or We Buy We Buy Black, or you know, there are plenty of services out there that you can actually go to and sell your products on. We're going to have to revisit this though. This, is especially the yeah. one about this online store, yeah. and I think people don't realize how many millions of dollars are generated each year from small boutiques that just have their yeah. online store and they're just killing it. Uh, well, I, I, on our next business, I think we actually have somebody in to talk about it. You know I'm saying?
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, we do. We do. Uh, okay. All right, so we're going to go ahead
5: and bring him in. You can go ahead and announce that, and we're going to have him on the line with us. Uh, man, he's a great friend of the show, man. I've been supporting us for a while, man. Always bring us some great topics on relationships. But uh, this brother right here, I was introduced to him by Al, and uh, he's a hustler, a grinder, a all well round brother. Um, Gerard Ellis, man, out of Starksville, Mississippi,
6: man. What's going on, G? What's going on, y'all? How y'all doing? What's doing? Up, good, man? good, good. Good,
5: brother. Most definitely. As, so as, as, as everyone knows, most definitely, man. As everyone knows, we're talking about 10 low cost businesses to start in 2016. So if you missed what we talked about earlier in the show, you can always go back. Uh, to blogtalkradio.com and uh, forward slash The Middleman. You can download this show and listen to everything that we have. Also, uh, you know, we got it over on Facebook. If you're a friend of ours on The Middleman Talk Show Facebook page, you can listen to the rebroadcast. We'll post that right after the show. But, uh, Nick, go ahead and give him number eight, and we're going to go ahead and let Gerard elaborate on what he's doing because this brother is
4: working. All right, so number eight on the 10 low-cost businesses you can start in 2016 is a hauling service. It's a
6: hauling service.
4: Please, Gerard, please speak to him on it.
6: Well, well. basically uh, what I did was uh, just to start off saying how I got started and wanted to start my own business was uh, I, I use what I do for a company that I work for, and I use the ideas and the work that I do for them, and that's how I grew my business. I, I operate my business off three key points. First, The first point I operate my business off is uh, efficiency, because you can't operate a business if you're not focused on efficiency. The second thing is professionalism, and the third thing is customer service, because both of my side businesses that I do after hours is it, it, it basically I'm serving people, so customer service is very important. And uh, what, what I do, I have a business that I, have, I, I call Ellis All-Purpose Lawn and Cleaning. And uh, I, I do. I have a lawn care service, and also I have a, uh, a hauling, uh moving service. And 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 it, it it basically what what I did was I came up with an idea. of Thinking I think about it like this, just like how I use my company. Uh, what do I have that people need? And and mm-hmm. those are, th- those have been the most lucrative businesses to me because if you have something that people need constantly. You will stay getting more and more clientele. Like I work for a company called Southwire. We sell uh, power saving building wire. People got to cut their lights on, and copper is a commodity. So that's what made me choose the business that I did. And I live in a small town, a college town. You know, you have what roughly almost twenty thousand students. So you have students constantly moving in and out of town, in and out of apartments here and there. So that that will make the business lucrative if you got. Twenty thousand students. You know, what I'm saying we're constantly building apartments here. Hey, those kids. You know, it ain't but so many. You all. So guess what? They got to call somebody else. So I said, what do yeah. I have that people need? You know, and and how I started my business was. I mean, like like you, you all are really promoting that low cost. I looked around my house and I said, what do I have that I can use to make money? I got a pickup truck, got a trailer. Mm-hmm. Hey, start a haulage. Sometimes you just got to look around and use what you got to build on what you're doing. And, yeah, and, and I try and, and uh, uh, just being versatile is what makes yep. my LSR purpose uh, very successful because I don't just do hauling. I do lawn care. You know, I do gutters. I do um, I do roof clean. I do anything that my truck and trailer can help me move and make money with. So. Having virtual services guarantees a high-high client clientele base. You know, and, and that that's the biggest thing. And what I did, I looked around, I got a bunch of shovels. I got lawnmowers. I got this. I got Wheaties around the house. I basically used what I had to build my businesses. And once you start uh, 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 building up a, a bigger clientele and bringing more money in, you can invest in more and more equipment. And the more equipment that you buy, the more jobs you can do, the different jobs you can do. And I did the same thing. Wow. I also run an a, a, a entertainment service I call Academy Entertainment. And again, like I said earlier, I use what I had and I use what I like to do. I, 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 I'm a big collector of music and I used to always give all the DJs in town, especially my first cousin, he'd always come to me and get all my music. And I'm like, man, if, I, if music is something that I love and I love to do this and I've been doing ever since I was 16, hey, why not make some money with it? So what I did sounds crazy, but I took an old shotgun that I had, and I traded a guy on a buy seller trade that shotgun for all of his DJ equipment. He was going to move back up north. And I got a lot of second-hand old equipment, and what I did, I just turned it over. I sold this, put a little bit more money with it, and bought newer up-to-date equipment, and that's how I, I, uh, I built the DJ service. You know, so, I mean, wow. just, you got to be creative. you just got to hustle and get in there and just really get it, and, and, and Really, the customer service thing works big when it comes to DJing because every time I do a show, you auditioning for somebody, you uh, auditioning for right. somebody. So even when somebody else hires you, got to think I got two, three hundred people in the crowd that's listening and watching. So next thing you know, you know, before the night is over, I just 11, 12, eleven, twelve, fifteen cars. You know what I'm saying? So you, it's really, it's really about professionalism. It's really about just getting there, hustling, and using Facebook for more than just. Posting pictures. Facebook is free marketing.
2: Right. <laughs> Facebook <laughs> is, is right.
6: free marketing. You know, people. If you are, if absolutely. anybody's on my page, they see that I'm marketing my business all the time. All
2: That's the free time. Market.
6: <laughs> you know, so <laughs> yeah, you absolutely. You gotta just basically, you know, just just come up with an idea and and, and just put it out there. Just, just like you said, a lot of people are scared to do it because they're scared to step out on faith. You know, and the more mm-hmm. and more jobs I did. I made in my first year. I made almost twenty thousand dollars on the side of uh, on the side of what I make as far as with my my professional career, and I was able to upgrade my equipment. You know, to where I was just doing small home yards. Now, now I'm putting in now to get uh, commercial property acreage to do acreage. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like getting a commercial uh, commercial contract. So I went from riding on a on a on a riding more to where I'm riding on a zero turn now. You know we just,
5: you you got ride. Ride. I got you a question get... for you well, I got a question for you, like I noticed you said like when you started you you know you looked at what you had to build off what you you know what you want to get to um once you got to the to the situation that you are cause like you said on Facebook, I'm always noticing that you are promoting your business. is word of mouth a very strong marketing tool for you, or have you stepped it up to where you not necessarily stepping up, but uh, are you investing in radio and television and advertisement? In your area, or or you just using word of mouth? Which one works more effectively for you?
6: Really, to me, word of mouth and social media are uh, promoting because I, I, I look at the buy seller sort of trades on social media. You have fifteen to twenty thousand people in those buy seller sort of trades that are in your town. So I use the word of mouth and social media advertising. And let me tell you another little trick that I came up with. You often see um, uh, people when they're pop, when, when when they're campaigning. They come around, put the little mm-hmm. door hangers on your door. Mm-hmm. I, I, I simply called Vistaprint and spent twenty bucks and got five hundred door hangers with Lavar furs on it, and that's going to be my marketing strategy for this season. As soon as March is, I'm going to start marketing for the spring season. So I just I just take ideas and I flip it and come up with a you know an idea to try to make make the marketing better instead of leaving a card on somebody's door that that, that might fall, might blow off, or whatever. Just put a door hang on that door that said Elizal Purpose and it has a full description of my business and what I offer, and all the different services that I offer within my business.
3: Right, absolutely.
4: Wow. Hey Gerard, I want to I want to piggyback off of something that you said with the hauling service because I actually have a, a friend of mine that has a hauling service, and one thing that he did that I thought was ingenious, he actually went to a state attorney. These attorneys, you know, when, when someone passes on, they may have kids that live in other areas and they come back and get what they need to get out of the house or what they can take with them. But when they leave, there's still all that stuff in the house. So he went to an estate, a, a group of estate attorneys, you know, gave them some information and gave them referral fees for everybody that they referred to his service. So when they had, a, when their loved one died, he just went in there, cleaned out the house and hauled all the stuff off. And that's actually the majority of his business right now is with the estate attorneys. And it just makes sense. The estate attorneys are going to get a referral fee off of it. He gets consistent business. And, you know, it just it works. Oh, that's an awesome idea.
6: That's an awesome idea. And, 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 and the other thing a lot of people have to consider, and I think you all talked about this earlier, you have to consider the area that you're in. I live in a small town, Stronghold, Mississippi, which is the hometown of Mississippi State University, and it's really a—it's considered a retirement town. You have millionaires, older people coming back home to retire. A lot of these people, they're not in the in the best of health to where they can do a lot of this stuff. So every year, you got to think people are getting older, people are getting weaker, people are getting to that age where they can't do stuff for themselves. So guess what? I'm in the perfect town to all of the services that I have with Ella's purpose. A lot of those old people, they can't get out there and cut, that cut grass anymore. They can't mow lawn, yeah. they can't clean that gutter. So the client the client care base is, is going up every year because guess what, people are getting older. You can't stop that. So what, what I, I tell people, anybody that's scared to start a business, I would say, look at it from a lucrative standpoint first. Is this something that people need? Is this something that people need? People are going to always need the grass cut. You know what I'm saying? And just like uh, when the economy gets bad, they're not stopping people from partying. People are going to always need music and audio equipment. Yep. So, that just
5: well, Gerard, I I, I no Now, Gerard, what we want you to do right now, man, go ahead and uh, let everybody know if they're in the Starkville area, North, northeast Mississippi area, how they can get in contact with you. And also, I know you do a little traveling as far as with the DJing. If they need DJ services uh, for parties, weddings, bar mitzvah, or whatever the case may be, let them know how they can get in contact with you.
6: Uh, you can contact me on Facebook, Gerard DJ Silk Ellis, or, you know, on uh, I have an Instagram page, New 2011 You know, and uh, you can just add me on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I haven't created a website yet, but one is coming. But, yeah, mo- mostly... Most of my uh contacts come through Facebook. Gerard Gerard DJ Silk Ellison. Alright, say you say your uh, Instagram slow again. Uh H two thousand and eleven.
2: Okay.
5: Man, we appreciate you tonight, man. And uh for all our listeners out there, if you have a business that you want to plug, you know, let us know. We'll definitely would we'll like to uh you know add you into the conversation. And uh Gerard, man, if you need us, let us know, man. We appreciate your time tonight, brother, and your knowledge. All right. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man. All right. Hey, don't Definitely hang on Get me listening, no, man. man. We got you, brother. We got you. All right. Hey, um, I, I, you know what, man? Ten low-cost businesses and to start in 2016. If y'all missed what we were talking about earlier, go back and download this show. Listen to it. I know a lot of people, they have the time confused. It's 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central. I know we got a lot of people that jumped on and thinking it's 6 p.m. Central. No, it's 5 p.m. Central for the Central people, and out there on the West Coast, uh, that's 3 o'clock, 3 or 2 o'clock, one or two. But um, we do have a lot of businesses, Nick, and I'm going to let you get back to the list right quick. Some people may look down their nose at these businesses and don't realize they're lucrative. You could make money at this, Nick,
4: only Ooh, if you absolutely. choose to win hustle. Back to the list, Nick. Absolutely. All right. So, our number nine low-cost business on the list is cleaning service. Now, we've talked about ballet trash. We've talked about, you know, hauling services. Cleaning services. This is probably one of the easiest on this list and one of the ones that you could literally go out tomorrow and start doing. When I say cleaning services, some people clean homes. I'm more so talking about commercial cleaning services. That's as simple as going get some cleaning supplies from the dollar store, Dollar General, Walmart, wherever the case may be. You go out there, get a couple of you know flyers, some business cards, and you go talk to dentist offices, private practices, doctors' offices, you know, attorneys' offices, daycare centers. Hey, they have people come in and clean their offices at night all the time. More often than not, they actually have the equipment to do it, like vacuums and mops and things. They just don't have anybody on staff to do it. So you go in after hours, you clean up for it, there you go, you're good to go. I mean, it's, it's, it's so simple, it's almost scary. And the reason that I know about this business is because one of my frat brothers, I used to work with him doing it. He mm-hmm. had a contract with a dentist's office in Montgomery, Alabama, and five nights a week, We go in for about three hours, clean up, vacuum, sweep, dust, do whatever we need to do, and go on about our business. Take the trash out, replace the bags, and then that was it. It's a very easy service.
5: One thing I want to add on to the cleaning service, if you're doing commercial, you do have to have um, a liability insurance. You have to have your your company insured just in case of any damages or anything like that also. That's not that expensive. A lot of people think insurance, you know, like getting insurances on your company, it costs a lot of money. You can get a $100,000 policy. You can get a $10,000 policy. The liabilities, to make sure that, you know, if any damages happen while you're on that property that you are not getting sued personally. And I I, I know, uh, well, we'll do it another time because LLC, uh, man, you got to have some limited liabilities of corporational company.
4: Go ahead, man. I'm sorry. That's absolutely. Yeah. Now, now, that, no, no, you're absolutely right. You don't, no, don't apologize. I say you're absolutely right. You do have to protect yourself. Legally, my insurance policy under my company is $5 million. I get it.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: you have to do it. And I know that sounds like, oh, my God, it's five It's really not expensive. It's being wow. licensed. What being bonded. Cheap? It's not expensive. It's not expensive. But... Clean service, that's no time. Number 10, and this is the one that I wanted to expound on the most. This is a business that I absolutely advocate for. And I want you to make sure you guys are paying attention and you're writing this stuff down. The number 10 business and low-cost businesses that you can start in 2016 is a Lifeline Distributor. I'm going to say that again. A Lifeline Distributor. People are looking at the phone right now, saying, "What the hell is that?" Let me explain. like, like, by like by
2: what experience.
4: is that? <laughs> uh, I'm looking at you what like, happened? what is
5: that? <laughs> I'm
4: okay. looking at you okay, like, so what let, is that? <laughs> let me explain what it is. How many times have you been riding around the hood? You get to a store. You get to a corner. You look over and you see a tent. Look, guy or girl sitting at the tent. Got a bunch of people lined up. And they're giving away cell phones. Oh. Or as the as the news has affectionately called them, Obama phones. Obama phones. Mm. Yeah, okay. Okay. There are companies who are paid to distribute those phones. Now, let me give you a little background on Lifeline, the program itself. One is dumb to call it an Obama phone. The Lifeline program was instituted in 1986 under Ronald Reagan. It was a program that was designed To help people have a home phone service for the purpose of if you are receiving government assistance or living below the poverty line, you will have communication to where you can stay in contact with jobs. Okay. In 2005, after Hurricane Katrina, President Bush greenlit the Lifeline program for cellular phones.
2: And Mm -hmm. that's where we
4: are today. The first state to launch it, of course, obviously, was Louisiana and then Mississippi. And then after that, it spread nationwide. Anyone who is receiving government assistance is eligible to have a Lifeline phone. It's a free phone. It's not very glamorous, but it is a free phone with a certain amount of minutes and text per month. And as long as you're receiving government assistance, you can have that phone. You can have that phone. Mm. Now... This is where it comes in and it's profitable for someone who's looking to start their own business. You can start, and I always tell people this, anybody that I coach, anybody that I counsel on business, and they want to go into the Lifeline business, I always tell them to start by themselves. And basically what you're going to need is three essential things. The first thing you're going to need is a tent. You can get a 8x8 eight eight tent. At Home Depot, I know they sell them for about sixty or seventy bucks
2: mm-hmm. at the most.
4: You're probably gonna pay about a hundred bucks.
2: Mm-hmm. You're
4: also gonna need a tablet or a laptop. I would tell you a tablet would probably be best. My personal opinion. I've done the Lifeline program. I've managed an enti- I've managed the entire state of Georgia with a Lifeline program for several companies. Trust me, you're better off with a tablet. The third thing you're going to need is internet access, which you can get for about 30 bucks a month. Or if you have a hotspot on your phone, you can use that and, you know, connect your tablet to it. Those three things are essential. Then you go grab yourself a little table, a chair, and you can go. Every state in the United States has a Lifeline program. At least one company that provides Lifeline service to the state. We've probably all seen the commercials. It's called Safelink. That's the largest company out there. And it's in every state. So everywhere is eligible. There's low-income areas everywhere. So Me. there's opportunity everywhere for this.
5: Alright. From, from your numbers, I can start this company for 130 bucks, basically. 150 mm-hmm. at most. What profit margins am I looking at when I start a company like this? What if I was out there today? The, one of our listeners right now say, "Hmm, I can do that probably next month when I get my taxes." How much money you invest because, at one thirty, one fifty in? How much money would a person be looking to gain off of that small investment?
4: All right, so the average company pays their reps, their independent distributors. They pay them between seven and nine dollars per phone. That's a starting rep with no real experience. Seven to nine dollars per phone. Let's go on the low end. Let's say it's six dollars per phone. Okay? Let's just let's say for you know, for argument's sakes that it's six dollars per phone. The entire mm-hmm. process of signing someone up is about five minutes start to finish. You have to fill out the application which you do on the tablet. You have to take a picture of their ID and their uh, government benefits and you have to submit it. Wait for them to, uh, if you're doing a live activation meaning you're giving them the phone right then you have to wait for them to approve it or if they do what they call drop ship they'll get their phone in the mail. But the entire process takes no more than five minutes. So let's say, let's just say for argument's sake that you do about Three phones an hour on standard eight hour workday. that's how many phones 24. 24, 24 phones per day times six dollars is how much That's $100. over hundred dollars
2: yeah yeah
4: so that's one thirty five times a five times a five day work week. Yeah, I got your calculators right. I
5: don't have my calculators. Nah, yeah. man, we should have been trying to write this crap down. Boy, you know how long ago I did, man? Yeah, go 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 ahead, go ahead, go ahead Nick, man.
3: six <laughs> no, seventy-five 135, 5 day work. 675, 675,
5: 675,
3: 675, times 52
4: yeah. weeks per year. Yeah, That's how much
3: it dollars Okay.
4: Now, that's on the low end. That's on the low end. Like I said, the average company is paying between 7 and 9. Now you have some companies that pay upwards of 12.50 per phone. So you can do the math on that as well. But this is what makes Lifeline so profitable. You always have the option to bring in team members under you. You can build your own team. This is not multi-level marketing. I don't want anybody to get that confused. This is not multi-level marketing. You're basically bringing in a team of reps that you train and you send out there and you would make money off of every phone that they bring in. So let's say they're making $6 per phone, of which really it will be about, the total will be about eight fifty per phone because you would get $2.50 off of each phone that they give away. To be honest, giving you the national average, the national average for Lifeline phones distributed per day is between 25 and 30 phones per rep. So if you take that same number, and let's say you go out there with a team of fathers. yeah, I got my calculator pulled up. So $2.50 off of each rep times 25 phones a day. You, you
5: said two fifty off each.
4: each I, I got it. I got it. I got it, man. You two fifty off each okay. rep, right? So, two thousand fifty cents per phone off mm-hmm. each rep. Let's say that rep okay. does twenty five phones that day. So that's two thousand fifty cents okay. times twenty five phones, which is how much? That's sixty two dollars. Sixty two fifty. Mm-hmm. Okay, sixty two fifty times five because you got five reps out there working.
5: That's that three hundred twelve dollars fifty cents. Fifty cent, yeah
4: per day uh-huh. times five times five, a five day a week. work week yeah.
5: that's one thousand five hundred and sixty two dollars and fifty cents
4: times fifty two
5: that is eight thousand one hundred oh let me go oh, no, no, that no, back you. that's eighty one thousand two
4: hundred
5: and fifty dollars eighty one thousand and that's two hundred and fifty dollars
4: And that is just off of five reps working five times a day doing the national average. Wow. And you haven't gone out and told the phone yet. So to answer your question, how profitable is that? Now, here's the key to it.
5: Off a $150 investment.
4: Here's the key to it. Because this is what you have to realize. When you are in a situation where you're giving those phones away to people that are on government assistance. And I don't want anybody on the phone to say that Nick is saying that people on government assistance are ignorant or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. You have to have a little bit of patience. And you have to be comfortable going into low-income, high-traffic areas. Mm -hmm. So let's let's talk about a few of those. The first place, you got the hood, you know, you know. But, but make no mistake about it. I've made more fun I've made more money distributing phones at the trailer park. <laughs> oh yeah. Than the hood.
2: So well,
4: let's not let's not oh, get yeah. that twisted. Mm-hmm. Areas where there's a coin laundry, areas where there's a flea market, areas where there are neighborhood grocery stores, these people are usually shopping. They usually have their food stamp food stamp card is the most popular form of uh government assistance that's out. And it's the easiest one to get approved. I usually average about oh. thirty phones per day. 35 30 phones per day.
5: day. Wow. 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 So if I want to do this on a weekend, I
4: can, you know, do pretty decent for myself, huh? Absolutely. Wow. But the the great thing about it is, because you can have a team working for you, you could be working on the weekend and that's fine. But you can have your team out there working five days a week. Yeah, right. that's true.
2: Once that's again, true.
4: it just takes a little bit of hustle, a little bit of research. Now, anybody out there who's interested in getting to, into this business, it's as simple as a Google search. Lifeline companies, and whatever state you're in, Lifeline companies in Georgia, Lifeline companies in, you know, Mississippi, Lifeline companies in Texas, they're everywhere. I advocate so much for this business because it is what I call a gateway business. I know so many people who have gone from starting a business, distributing Lifeline phones, and they've grown. And I've I've known people that started off with one little small territory, and now they have three or four states that they service Mm. with Mm. hundreds of reps. Wow. There's a lot of money to be made off of it because here's the best thing about the client base. Let's say that Al is working for one Lifeline company, and I'm working for another one. Now, I signed somebody up for a phone, right? Now, Al can't sign that person up for a phone because they've already signed up with me. But in 60 days, from the date they got their phone, they're eligible to be signed up again for another company. So every 60 days, you have a revolving door of clients. So
2: what do they do with very, the old phone?
5: Man, man that, that, sell- that's another question. question. That's
4: some, yeah, that's another question. Here's the beautiful thing about it. You have a certain amount of mo- minutes per month that you can have with a phone. But you can also purchase additional minutes, which is why companies like Cricket and t mobile offer a Lifeline service. Because they've got a built-in client base to where they can upsell more minutes. For a lot of people, huh. their Lifeline phone is their primary phone. Right. Yeah. And if you're only getting 500 minutes per month, you know you're going to want to buy some more. That's true. Wow. That's
2: it. it's, 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 it's
4: it's it's a very simple process. Uh, you have to be able to pass the criminal background check. There is a way, not so much around that, but there is a way that you can still participate in Lifeline. And now is a great time to get in Lifeline because they just greenlit broadband services. Any one of oh, has oh my who has kids who free if you have a child, yes. You you got to have internet there. So people who are on government assistance within the next two years will be able to receive free internet at their home. So it's a wonderful time. This is a great business to get into. And what I will say is if anybody is seriously interested in being coached on how to get into any of those businesses, reach out to us at wearethemiddleman at com. I offer a coaching class. And each of these businesses I've either done or I have someone that's very close to me that's currently doing them and I can offer you coaching in that area. So, um, just to recap real quick and get to the end of the show, the top 10 low-cost businesses that you can start in 2016, you have a brand ambassador, a concierge service, a valet trash service, a driving instructor, group travel, telemarketer, online store, hauling service, commercial cleaning service, and Lifeline Distributor. Now, out of all these businesses, none of them are high cost to start. Not you at have all. to get over that fear. You've got to get over that fear of starting your own business and going out there on your own. you got to have that hustle. you got to have it. And like that quote mm. said, change only occurs when the pain of staying the same outweighs the pain of change, mm. the The only thing I want to add to it, Nick, is that
5: make sure that if you're using any particular companies, make sure that you are like like the driving company or if you're dealing with other people's properties, make sure that you have a a license i mean have a bond and an insurance. Make sure that you have those things. Um, we do have some resources um, that we want you guys, if you have a pen, make sure when you're listening to these type shows, especially with us, have your pen and pencil somewhere near, or if you got your phone, just pull out and put a notation in there. But if you would like to have more information about starting a company, you can go to www.sba.gov. That is the Small Business Association, and they have 10 steps that you can follow in starting and managing a business. Right. We're not going to, well, we we can go over there, but right now we're kind of short for time. But SBA.gov, make sure you look that up tonight. Small Business Association. If I'm not mistaken, I remember years ago, they also used to procure certain loans out of certain offices. If you have the right business plan and business model, I don't know if they should do that anymore. Okay. All right. The next one, is LegalZoom.com. Now, LegalZoom is for, uh, we briefly spoke about LLC, protecting yourself from a legal standpoint. Uh, LegalZoom offer, uh trademark services, legal advice, estate planning, and business establishments. So if you want to have those type of uh, information uh, to make sure that you can protect yourself again as far as starting your own company, you can go to LegalZoom.com. But make sure you read the small print with LegalZoom because I do recall years ago, uh, they have some some issues with, with some of the contracts and things because it has to be uh, uh uh you know right for your state, your your jurisdiction and your your area. So make sure you do that. Uh the last company is Enloop or Enloop. Uh Enloop. Uh, it's a free business plan software that's E N L O O P dot com. You can go there, you can get your uh software so you can start your own company. Um those are the resources that we have for you tonight. And the SBA is very important. So, you guys uh, make sure that you go to the SBA Small Business Association.gov. Each town or the local area will have a small business area within 50 miles of you. So, make sure you look that up online. They definitely have them near you. Uh, we do have a caller uh, before we get out of here. Uh, we're going to bring them in right quick. Caller uh, 1715 uh, calling out of Mississippi. What's up?
7: How's it going, middle man? This is Hank. What's up, Hank? How's it going,
5: good. Hank? How's it going, guys? Yeah, everything's wonderful, brother.
7: Great, great. Good show, by the <laughs> way, guys. Uh, I'm kind of late coming in, but it was a, a very good show, very helpful show. Uh, uh, I think it was a really, a really strong list that you guys presented to, uh, not only the listeners, but anyone who, who's paying attention to the show and anyone that's trying to get into the, you know, the entrepreneurship world. Uh, there was one that I was I wanted to kind of chime in. I guess if you, you guys decided to move it to eleven, uh, I think uh, graphic design and you know I've seen some of the comments like graphic design, web services, is another uh, kind of cheap a lot of it's a cheap but kind of low cost uh, uh, business to start. Uh, like, yeah, of course, starting out with it, you always got to have a, a very strong skill set. But I think there's a lot of people out there that you know that. That may have a passion for drawing or just to create a world that I think that contribute to uh, you know having a graphic design service because uh, again when you're doing mm-hmm. business one thing that uh, that business needs is always an identity and there are a lot of t- a talented artists uh, I mean everywhere and especially towns like Mississippi, in or cities like our state like Mississippi's and uh, you know starving Columbus or just any, anywhere that they're able to provide that service. And, and, you know, getting that started doesn't really take a lot Uh, you know, uh, introducing graphic design as a small business. Um, I know okay. I'm, for me myself, I am a graphic designer here in uh, Mississippi, and I know when I got started, um, you know, I, I, of course, I did the, the school. I started doing, you know, got my education in graphic design. But, you know, researching it and drawing and just seeing how if I didn't go to school, how would I get it started? And I didn't realize that it, I think it does fit this list of, you know, having a uh, a very low cost way of uh getting started. So generally you would need a a laptop and I know uh for those who are not familiar with some of the tools that graphic design does designers use, uh, of course it's the Adobe Suite. So again like Photoshop, your Illustrator, your InDesign, uh but a good thing about that is that Adobe actually has a plan now where you can actually get these services for ten bucks a month. I think
2: it's like a yeah, service.
7: Right, right. And I, if if you can and there are many sources out there on the internet that you can kinda of teach yourself how to use these these tools and that Adobe provides to, you know, apply yourself as a service. And I really think that you know, having that skill set and the determination, and just learning, you know, everyday learning and practicing can definitely uh, increase the value of yourself as an artist or just an aspiring artist. You don't necessarily have to be like the Picasso coming into it. Like you can be very, uh, you know, very in the rookie. I guess you can say in the rookie area of design, and teach your way up to being an expert and a senior designer uh, with just low cost and just a skill set. Huh. I absolutely hey, make sure agree. you plug your and, and business,
5: and, man.
7: Yeah, you I was to about to say, hold on real man. quick, Kev, to,
4: to, to piggyback on that. If you notice, every business that we've talked about on this list today, one of the essentials is a flyer and or business card.
2: Exactly. So that goes to show how
4: essential graphic design is. And I, I, trust me, Hank, I get it. I'm a graphic designer too. And I make quite a bit of money off of it. What I will say is, you know, there's something that you need to dedicate yourself to learning if you're going to start. If that's something that you're interested in doing, you know, for all the listeners out there, dedicate yourself to learning. You know, for those of us who are doing it, this is a skill set that is very, you know, useful to us. And it's something that we take very seriously.
7: Definitely. So, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's kind of overlooked in, in most cases, but I, was, I think it's only like a certain group of people who really understand, you know, the value of it. And that mainly is business owners. Uh, that really take value in their identity and how their business looks. So that's why I would say, you know, graphic design is definitely a service that requires more of a skill set than, than money, I guess, to get started, you know. So that's sort of my input on <laughs> on the creative
5: world. How can people get in contact with you and um, um, how people get in contact with you if they would like to uh, have services uh, if they're in your area? Oh, definitely.
7: they can contact me uh via through my email. Uh, right now, my, my site is on the construction, so my site is down for a while, but um, you can contact me via email uh, whoishank, W-H-O-I-S-H-A-N-K, the number one, at com. And I'm also on social media. I'm a very active guy, so uh, if you want to contact me, you can do I'm on IG, I am, underscore Hank. Uh, Facebook, just, uh, just search me, Hank Washington. Uh, Twitter, Hank, underscore I am. So, you guys want to contact me through there, any questions or any service that you may need, you definitely can definitely contact me through those through those sources. Man, appreciate you, man. Definitely.
5: definitely. No problem, guys. You.
7: No problem, guys.
5: All right, all right. Hey, I uh, also want to give a shout-out to our man, Homeboy. He actually posted this information over on our web chat, and uh, he also wants to plug his company, Metro Southern Media. That's MetroSouthernMedia.com. com. Uh Let's see. My company just secured a thirty thousand a year contract. A year that's what's contract, up, man.
3: That's what's up. Yeah. With the
5: making schools, charter schools. Congratulations. Okay, that's what's up. Congratulations, brother. See what type of money. That's Look, what I'm talking about, man. if each one, we invest in our own companies, we can also work with each other to make money. You know what I mean? Like you said, Nick. People need graphic design. Graphic design need custom. So therefore, we're feeding the small business. You know, we're feeding them. We're feeding each other. I'm helping the, uh, the graphic designer, and they're helping me out with my looks because presentation is everything, especially when you're a small Absolutely. business. Absolutely. Man, I enjoyed this show last night. We ran over like a no But it's all good.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah,
5: yeah, and uh, I see Jen was running in and out of the building tonight, but she just dropped a couple of jewels in there. But um, overall, oh, yeah. man, let everybody know what we talked about, man. And everybody, if you missed it, you're just tuning in. Go back and download this show. Share it with a friend. With a friend. Tell everybody about this show because we want to try to be more informative in 2016 for you guys. We want to make sure that you can take away instead of us, you know, just sitting here japping the jaw and all that stuff like that. We don't want to do that. We want to make sure that it's educational also. We're going to have fun, but we want to make sure we all can benefit from this show called The Middleman Talk Show.
4: And I will say this. I want anybody that's on the show, if you decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to take something from this list and I'm going to give it a shot or this has inspired me to look at something else. You know, let us know. Keep us, you know, updated with your business. We definitely want to support anybody that's starting their own business. You know, we'll hey, we'll bring you on. Talk about your business, talk about your process. If we can inspire just one person to start their own business from this show, then I think we've done our
7: job. Yep.
3: Oh yeah.
5: Oh yeah. Al, you got anything to say, man? You've been over there eating on some bananas the after the show.
3: Look, man, gotta have my potassium. But uh definitely wanna, you know. Thank our guests who called in uh today, uh Mace Neal from Winter Neckware and Jerah Ellis from Ellis All Purpose and uh lastly Hank Washington from um who is Hank? And um and all of those are young entrepreneurial men who started something, you know, with a dream, man, and made it come to life. Making money off it, making profit of it. And then like also with that too, they're doing something that they enjoy doing. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. You're doing something you enjoy doing. You're making a profit off it. And, you know, that that would be my advice to people. Find something that you really enjoy doing, that you're really good at, that you would want to do every day. And find a way to make a demand and a profit off of it. Make it happen. Absolutely. That's what's up. That's what's
5: up. Nick, I got an idea for something I got to tell you after we get off this app. Uh, I think it's going to be beautiful. Um, Shouts out to all the entrepreneurs out there, all the people that uh, decide to listen to us over on Facebook, Um, all my friends, all all of the Middleman Talk Show friends that listen in tonight. Man, we appreciate each and every one of you guys, everybody that's on the web chat. Uh, Ronald, Gateway, hey, brother, we appreciate you, homeboy. All the guests, we appreciate everybody that tuned in tonight for this informative show, everybody that called in over the air. We appreciate each and every one of you guys. Make sure you go check out Small Business Association, SBA.gov. We want to make sure you guys stay informed. And like Nick said, share with us. We would love to see some pictures. Hey, this is my first dollar off my business. We would love to see. Absolutely. That. that will make my day. That will make my day. Well, great show tonight, guys. Uh, man, I, hey, they entertained? Are they entertained? Are they entertained? Are they entertained? Let's throw that one in there, man. Let's throw it in there, man. It's all going down. Next week, we're going to post up a show, man. Check us out on Facebook. Um, Add yourself as a friend if you ain't on there. Uh, We are The the Middleman Talk Show on Facebook. Add us, click, and tell another friend, hey, man, I'm going to add you to this because these guys got a great show. Make sure you do that. Tune in. Go back and listen to our archive shows. We have some great shows that you guys possibly missed. We back. The Middleman. I'm going to let y'all say something. I've been talking too much. I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs>
4: I've been talking <laughs> enough, man. I'm going to take a break. man. We okay. out, man.
3: Let's go. And? Okay. All right, man.
5: Middleman shouted, Big crit shouted. Yeah. Now I ain't sure what you was tuning in to. we we'll pay attention to the real talk. What we here for, do so take a listen time out. Take a minute, shout in and learn some. Put your mind to grind the world. You destined to earn some. Linda, come comment on what you hear. Let's figure out this nigga, I didn't master plan to put this thing in gear. Don't matter if you hood or you corporate. Don't get you got a will to do way better than you were doing. Well, then you fortunate. Take a stand, stop complaining about what you ain't got. Hating on the next. Man, he was down the wreck shop. Every Sunday tune in, go live six PM, blogtalkradio.com, the middle me. Hey, what's happening in the middle me? Hey, what's happening? The middle men Hey, what's happening? Blah talk radio dot com. The middle me. Hey, hey man, I, I I just had to say so this before we the building, man. Got a homeboy our, our partner, Homeboy, he got a show, The Big Homie Show. Um, It's a podcast, so y'all make sure y'all check out The Big Homie Show. It's on podcast. Make sure you check that out. All wow. this internet radio, I'm telling you, it's getting big. It's going to be in your cars and everything else. So make sure y'all check that out, man. We out for real this time. I'm sorry. I just had to pop back in and say that right quick. All right, y'all. Check us out next week. We'll be back.